As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Alrighty, James. Uh, we are back with another podcast. That's why we're doing this. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? You got a tan from uh, your trip through California? Yeah, it wasn't honestly. Uh, it was nice. It wasn't like super warm, so it wasn't like tanning type weather. Yeah, and a early good trip January really... is like 20 degrees, maybe right? Yeah, uh, that was no. Nah, it wasn't even that hot. It, but anyway, it was. Uh, it was a good trip. Good trip for the Leafs. Um, I think their best game on that trip, um, we have a lot of questions to get to. We'll talk about Nealander, et cetera. But their best game on that trip was that LA game. LA is legit, and they played really well. Like, they didn't give LA much. Um, the other two games, like, they dominate Anaheim. They they handle San Jose, like, whatever. Uh, but a good trip for them. That's what you need to do on a trip like that, right? So I got, I got a stat to throw at you. Their last six games, which I I would say that's been their best stretch of defensive play we've seen all season. Last six games, uh, expected goals against, scoring chances against, uh, third best in the NHL. Yeah, and their expected goal share is fourth best in the last six games. Now, two of those are San Jose. Yep. One was Columbus. Yep. Uh, one was um, Anaheim. Mm-hmm. So there was a Carolina and an LA in there where those are two really good teams. And so it's hard to read in where like, like the San Jose games were like, yeah, kind of a joke. Even the, even the Anaheim game, the Anaheim game was kind of, those three games were a bit like watch, you know, they had some injuries and stuff. Those three games were a bit like watching them play an AHL team. Yeah. It felt like Matthews in that Anaheim game could have had five goals. Like he just, didn't he have like 14 shots on goal or something? He had 13 shots, I believe. And, 20 attempts which is a career high i've i've got matthews and nylander in my in the pool in the athletic pool and watching a game like that or watching a game like the san jose games it's like you know and, and shots on goal are a category and you get a you get like half a point for every shot on goal so like matthews has 13 shots on goal it's like anyway well it's it's, uh, it's important james that they keep stacking up points because the division is getting like really interesting. Yeah. Austin right now is, is first with 56 Florida's won eight in a row. They've got 54. Both of those teams have played four, uh, 40 games. The Leafs have played 38 and they've got 49 points. So they like, they need to kind of keep this going. Not um, only that Jonas, but look behind them. Like I don't like Detroit, yeah. not, not going away. You're so right. yeah, this, in Tampa, Tampa's there too, right? Like Tampa has been better than, Tampa, Tampa, I believe, beat Colorado yesterday. I think um, Tampa's been they beat LA. been pushing yeah. a bit. So, like, if so, if there's five teams, then all of a sudden it gets interesting, right? Because then you're you have to kind of look behind you. Like, if the Leafs lost three in a row, well, yeah, James. Just to your point, like, so the two teams as we record this in the wild card positions are the Islanders and the Lightning. They have 46 and 45, and then behind them. Jersey, Washington, Pittsburgh, Detroit all have 44. Like it's not you're you're not that far out from leading the division, you're not that far out from being in a wild card yeah. spot or even being out of the playoffs. So, yeah. 
Like if Martin Jones turns into a pumpkin or something and they have a hard time winning games or their schedule gets a little bit tougher, you know, like that trip through Western Canada is not going to be easy. No, that's a, that's a hard trip. You know, I watched a bit of the Edmonton game last night. Like they didn't play especially well, but Edmonton's been better. Calgary's been a little bit better. Yeah. Vancouver obviously has been great all year. Um, Maybe before we get to Neilander, let's talk a little bit about Jones just because like, I thought about this in San Jose when I wrote about him over the weekend. He was in the minors to start the year. Like he was basically an afterthought. Like obviously they they wanted to get him through waivers. That was important, but he wasn't supposed to be he was just supposed to be insurance and like now he is being insurance. And it's like he's not been tested a ton like especially of late, but he's he's making the saves he's supposed to make. Like what's standing out to you about Martin Jones? It feels like the way he plays, like stylistically, it's just kind of it works with what the, the way the Leafs play. If that makes sense, I mean, it's he's 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 a veteran guy that's seen a lot. Like he played for some really good San Jose teams, and he had some good seasons. They're just like a long time ago. So yeah. I was like, he hasn't played a lot this year. I wonder if like just like not playing that much and practicing, and like I wonder if that's set him up for success a little bit, you know, like he's only, how many games did he play with the Marlies five or something? Like he wasn't, they weren't rolling him out every night down there. Cause they want their young guys to play. Yeah. It's a good point. I mean, he's 33 and he had played a f- shit ton of games. Like you remember those seasons in San Jose that you're referencing? Like he was playing like Actually, 66, 68, like just insane. I have, to, I have to correct you, Jonas. He is 34 years old. Oh, did he just have a birthday? Cause he was 33. Today. Is Martin Jones' birthday. So wow. Happy birthday, Martin Jones. Pride of North Vancouver, BC. Well, let me ask you, like, how real do you think this is? What do you think this means? Because, like, when Joseph Wall comes back, and, like, that's going to for sure now be after the All-Star break, I don't think, like, you're, you're just automatically handing him the job back. Like, if Jones keeps playing like this, why not just keep playing Jones? Well, I think it should be, like, a tandem is what I would sure. do. Because you, yeah. you want to... You need to know what you have in Jones and Wall by the time you get to the trade deadline and to know if you need to bring someone else in. And I think that that's probably why, like the breaking news before we started recording is that Samsonov is back with the Leafs practicing and they've called him up. We'll talk about that. I, yeah, I mean, I think they might give Samsonov a start here. Like, I don't think, I don't think it. he's hit last chance saloon yet. So they gave him this reset. He worked with Hanu Toivonen for while the team was in California and they've got a back-to-back coming up this weekend. And I think they're thinking about starting them. Let's, let's table that for one second. Like to just finish the conversation on Jones. Um, We just see goalies from time to time, like from year to year, even goalies, his age can just like this, like you've told me before, like don't try to predict goaltending. This is like a perfect example. Like, do you think this can kind of keep up? Do you think it's real? Do you think it's like half real? Do you think he, like, what do you think this is? Like, we looked at some of the goalies who could be potentially traded for, and it's like, Jones might just be as good or better than a lot of those guys. Like, why make a move if this is what he can be? So Jones's last five years, he's been a starter. He's played yeah. 62, 41, 34, 35, 48 games. He's played a lot of games. And not great. his last five years. And his save percentage in those years is 896, 896, 896, 900, 887. Yeah, so pretty steady. Yeah. He's been well below average the last five years. So it's not like a one or a two-year thing where you could be like, right, he's going to bounce back. It's like, this is what he's been since, since he was like 28 years old. Like, this is what he's been for a long time. His best seasons were... In his prime years, right when he first came into the league with LA and San Jose, I mean, he was San Jose's goalie when they had the run to the final, right? Like he, he was, played, yeah. you know, and he played well mm-hmm. and he was a good goalie. So some of that's probably, but that's what I'm saying is I wonder if he's before this stretch, before the the injuries and what happened with Samsonov turning into a, a pumpkin, um, he had only played five games in the first like two months of the season. Like he was kind of just sitting around. Um, I wonder if that helps, but I think they need to be careful though, because that 896 goalie is in there somewhere, right? Like, well, and it's almost like if you continue, like if he continues to play a lot of games, like eventually he's going to revert back to that. Like he's at 934 right now. He ain't 934. Like eventually 
that's going to trickle down, I guess, the more you play them and the more they play better teams. And like they've been playing so well defensively. I mean, if you can keep that up, obviously you'll ask less of uh, Martin Jones, but credit to him. Like he's taken this opportunity, he's run with it. Imagine like if he hadn't, like if he had just been, if for the, this chunk of games, he was just 896 again, you'd be like, oh my God. It would be like if, the crease is on fire. If Joseph Wall was coming back tomorrow, what I would do is is do a rotation, do yeah. a tandem with, with Jones and Wall. I would just like Boston does, like play one guy one game and the other guy the next game, and just see if someone grabs the net, see how they do. You, you want to play Wall? Like yeah, that's a tough injury. I, I was some goalie people were saying the high ankle sprain can be really hard for goalies to come back from, and it's probably going to take him longer than it took. It was that's what Lilgren had, right? It's yep. probably going to take him longer than than it took Lilgren to come back from that injury. So, um, yeah, in the interim, I don't know. Like, <laughs> okay, well, so that that brings us to to Samsonov. I don't agree with this. I I don't I I don't know how a week of whatever, like just decompression, going away from the team, is is supposed to change everything. Maybe it will. I would play Hildeby on that Sunday against Detroit. I don't know why it's like such a big deal. Um, what do you think? The, I mean, the Detroit game, like we talked about, like they're coming up behind them. So it, you know, right. and that's it's a team important. that can, that's a team that can pile up goals too. Does know, Detroit, have you seen Samsonov play? Like how, why should yeah. they have more confidence in Samsonov to give them good? Well, goal I think they should have played Hildeby against San Jose yesterday. Yeah, I agree with you or, or on that Saturday in San Jose, but like, they I get the rationale, like you're rolling, Jones is rolling, keep them playing, but, I don't know. I like. I think what they could have done is give Hildeby the San Jose joke game yesterday. They're going to win seven one. If Hildeby's in it, what's the score in that game going to be? Seven three. Like they're going to yeah. be fine. Yep. Yeah. So so Detroit does have a back to back this weekend as well. They play at home against LA and then in Toronto. So, well, so James, both, let me ask you this: teams like, are going to yeah. be tired. And so, like, let's say you. Presumably, you play Samsonov on Sunday against Detroit. What if the same thing happens again? Then what? Then are you playing? Then they have another back to back a week later. Are you are you then just gonna then do you play Hildeby then? Like do you play Samsonov again? Like I just don't I don't know what the plan here was. Like aside from like let's get him away from the team. Let's let's try to like cool. They're just not they didn't play any games. Like how is this? They're just not. Yeah, I mean they believe that Toivonen being the goalie whisperer with him at home is going to help him kind of just reset and get, but I, I think they're not a hundred percent prepared to give up on him because of the season he had last year. Okay. So they want to give him That's another fair. chance. It's, they, they don't feel like Columbus is, I, but I think it's getting real close. I think if he plays against Detroit and is brutal, that might be it. Yeah. I just, I, I kind of thought after that Columbus game, that was it to me. That felt like a staple. They played really well that night. He lost them the game. I don't. I get what you're saying, and I think it, there's validity to it. Especially like you'd like him to be available in case you need him, but I don't know. I don't know why this would change anything. Um, but we'll see. I mean, they could be right. I'm, they. I think their point was we've tried everything else. We've tried to not play him for weeks. We've tried to like. He spent a million hours with Curtis Sanford. He's had these discussions. He's worked on technique. He's doing all these different things. Let's just get him away from the team while the team is in California. He can just chill out. But like the pressures when he comes back are just going to be the same. Like it's not like that all disappears when he, you know, when he comes back and has to play against Detroit. Maybe he'll figure it out. I don't know. Like, I, I mean, the only thing I, I was thinking, James, is like a couple years back when Jack Campbell had a similar kind of meltdown, he got hurt and was away for a month and then came back. It wasn't like amazing, but he was fine, but that was a month. So, and he played anyway. So, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess the thing is, is that they, they looked around the league for potential other options and didn't see a lot that they liked. And with Jones playing well and wool coming back in what, three, four weeks, they're yeah. trying to just stop gap their way to, when they have Jones and Wall in the net. And maybe that means Samsonov gets another couple chances. I guess it just feels like you're kind of like kicking this decision down the road. Like, or the same thing happens against Detroit. Are you done then? If it, like, if it happens against Seattle, are you done then? Like when, 
or or like or play Samsonov against San Jose. Like I mean, it's got that's got to be the easiest game. Yeah, it's just possible. Like they've done that before, and it hasn't stuck. Like they, you know, like he's had the odd game where they didn't ask that much of him, and he's been fine. And then the next game, he gives up six. Like I just don't right. think they're being fair to the team, you know. But maybe he can get it together, and I don't know. I guess the good news is that they banked a whole bunch of points here and there's a little bit more breathing room. Like I'm but sure there's not, we just covered that. There's really isn't no, that much breathing room, but like a week and a half ago, there was even less, right? Like sure. a week and a half ago, I'm sure Sheldon Keefe was looking at it and it's like, man, how can we really risk, you know, they're up to eight in the NHL right now. They have games in hand on most, on a lot of the teams that are behind them. Mm-hmm. They've only played 38 games, whereas Detroit's at 40, Tampa's at 42. Um, you know, and those teams have fewer points than them, so they have a they have a little bit of breathing room. I mean, I, I, the problem is the teams above them have been playing so well. I mean, now Allmark got hurt last night in Arizona, so but Swayman's been so good that I don't. It's hard to see Boston falling off. Yeah, I guess it, I'm just getting to the point where if you're asking me who I trust more right now to play one game, I I don't know that it's Samsonov, but. You mean versus Hildeby? Versus Hildeby. Like, I just don't see the big deal of playing Hildeby twice or whatever in a few weeks. Like, yeah. Anyway, uh, the bigger news is obviously the William Neander extension is done. Uh, we had talked about it a bit when the rumors were kind of circulating that it was just about done. A little bit more than we had anticipated. Uh, an eight-year deal, $11.5 million cap hit, $92 million total. Um, what's your top-line takeaway from this uh deal there's been a lot i've seen a lot of commentary and and complaints that the leafs basically capitulated in every respect on term on dollars on the no movement clause on the front loaded of the contract on it being signing bonuses uh is there anything else basically nylander got this is effectively around what nylander was camp was asking for at the draft when the negotiations went sideways and they ended up getting everything they wanted and the Leafs ended up getting nothing that they wanted. Like this is exactly the contract that Nylanders camp wanted all along. Mm-hmm. In fact, it might even be more than, than what they would have wanted last summer. You know, they were, they were two, two and a half million apart as, as Chris Johnson wrote in his story um, six months ago. And the bridging of that gap wasn't so much a negotiation as, I mean, Nylander did his negotiating on the ice. You know, he went out there and had a career half to a season on pace for, I don't know, what's he on pace for after the San Jose game? He was on pace for 120 points before the game. Now it's going to be even higher after that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he caught Panarin. So now he's like up to like fourth in league scoring. He's tied for third, actually. Right. Three of them have 50. He is on pace that's a pretty, for 123. That's a pretty strong statement to, to come out. And I think the Leafs were thinking, you know, there's going to be pressure on him. He's not going to have the contract. He's not going to, could potentially hurt their leverage. Um, but the complete opposite happened. And now Nylander's the fifth highest cap hit in the league, at least until Elias Pettersson signs his next contract. And it's it's too high. The number's too high, Jonas. And I think you and I have both been very... We both like Nylander as a player. We've both been complimentary of him the whole way along. This show has never been a... They need to trade this guy. Like, we've, we've never had that discussion. We've had um, that discussion, but, like, you just always land on... They're not going to... It's not going to make them better. Um, but I think that, you know, like, you listen to a lot of the other commentary in the city... Sure. And, and and over the years, it's been like they got to trade this guy. But we always believed that he had what he did last year and this year in him. Like he, you, his sure. raw skills are as good as the best 15 forwards in the league, certainly offensively, for sure. Yeah, you his know what? Passing, shooting is unbelievable. Yeah, I went back not that long ago and read what I wrote after they signed that last contract. And one of the things like I, I think was in there is like, is there a 50 goal scorer in there? Is there a 40 goal? Is there a 90 point player? Is there a 100 point player in there? And it felt like that was possible for him. Like he could get to this level. I, again, like it feels like they 
they've made the same mistake that they made in the past. They kind of use that. I mean, we talked about it last time. Maybe that phrase should be amended to if you have time, don't use it. Like just the, fucking the, do the, it. Faster. The counter to that, Jonas, is what was he going to sign for in June, in July 1 that was going to be better? I, I guess the question is like if you enticed him and said, you know what, 10 and a half by eight, does that does that make him think a little bit more about it? I don't because think so. You don't think so? I, no. I, I mean, you know why? Knows? Why? You know why that wouldn't have done it? Because why? he wanted more than Marner. Yeah. I mean, so That's then what, that so would, maybe that you do their, 11. Yeah. I mean, in that 11 was their guiding star. Better. Well, before he had the 120 point season pace that he's on right now, 123 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, could you imagine if in July one they signed him for eight years at 11 million? Everyone would have been like, point. "Yeah, it's everyone point. would have been like, what are they doing?" But that's what. So I don't know that they yeah. they could have saved they could have saved a little bit. Like I think they might have been able to get him for, at 11 in July. But why would anyone have signed him for that much back then? Yeah, that's a it's a fair point. I mean, you'd be looking a little bit better now, but at the time, I think the question would be like, wait, what? Um, Here's let me let me throw this. At, I know we I know we need to take a break, but let me throw this at you, Jonas. Mm-hmm. If you're giving him full no move all eight years, which almost nobody gets, the only other contract I could find that someone had that was Nathan McKinnon. Nobody nobody else gets no move every single year. Mm-hmm. You know, all the other contracts. Think about anybody around the league that signed a contract. Um, other than the Leafs guys, <laughs> um, you're going to get 11 and a half. You're going to give him all eight years until he's was going to be 35 years old at the end of that contract. Correct. You're going to you're going to front load it. You're going to bonus it. You're going to make it buyout proof. Uh, you're he's going to get paid even if there's a lockout with the way the deal structured. If you're going to give him all that, why not just wait till July one and see what the other offers are? See who you're bidding. You can't against. do that. You just can't. Because Why like not? then he could, then he could the just, lightning did it. The lightning did it with Stamkos. He'll he just leave. Talk. You want to like roll the dice? You want to play chicken? Like I don't. I wouldn't want to play chicken in that case. And then and then well, what do you? And then, let's say that you do that, James. And then he's like, all right, you know, fuck you guys. I'm gonna go sign somewhere else. And then that's the same day that that Mitch Marner can negotiate an extension. Now his agent's like, good luck. You just lost Willie. Pay us. Or oh, you know what? Yes, okay. We'll we'll just wait the year and he'll leave too. They they had two bad options. One of them was to overpay him, which is the one that they went with, or to wait it out. But but how much? What, let me ask you, like, how much of an overpay is this? What should he be making? Ten and a half? Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think ten five. I, you could even convince me of like ten point six, ten point seven makes sense. Because sure. if you look at the comparables with where he fits, mm-hmm. I'll buy the argument that he fits pretty. You know where, what Huberdeau, Gaudreau, those guys did, and then you escalate that for the cap going up. I think that. Yeah, I mean the piece I wrote in November, I was saying like mid tens makes sense. But let me answer the so he gets ninety two million Jonas from Mm -hmm. the Leafs. If he goes to free agency, he can only get a seven year deal, right? Correct. So he can't get that. Basically, the only way he can get ninety two million is if a team gives him thirteen point one five a year. Right, which isn't happening. There was there's who were they negotiating against then? He just had all the leverage, James. Like he, he could have just played chicken. I mean, yeah. the only leverage the Leafs had was to wait till July one. That yeah, was their isn't, leverage. Is only good two, leverage. There, but a team like Tampa did it with Stamkos and got him back on the contract they wanted and got him down to the number that's, they wanted. That's circumstances. Then they won two Stanley. Games. I don't think that circumstances the same. But they played chicken and they won. Yeah. Well, you can also play chicken and end up in a fucking crash. What's the most that Nealander is going to get in free agency? Twelve. Yeah, twelve by seven is eighty-four million. Eighty-four million divided by eight years. No, you're 10, you're you're right, 10. James. 5. Like in theory, you're right, but you also like he could just do that, like and leave, and then you're like, well, great, like, oh, okay, so we so we didn't well, overpay him, but we lost him, like. But that's that's what the job. You? That's what the job of running an NHL team though is. Is like sometimes you do have to play chicken. Sometimes you have to look at your bad options. Well, and- he played chicken the last time, and it it cost the Calgary Flames. I mean, now it it looks like it might have been a good thing that they didn't. I mean, with what's happened to Johnny Gaudreau and Columbus, but that's exactly like he went through the same situation. That Huberdeau contract. Well, the Huberdeau. Well, and that's looking not great. Now I'm playing. I'm playing devil's advocate. I mean, I think that the argument that you're making that how much is he overpaid is the right one. Like, I think that you know, ten point seven versus eleven point five. You know, there's eight hundred grand on the cap. Like, he's not. Nylander's not going to be overpaid, but the the problem you look like the no movement clause and like, you know, they, they, yeah, he, got he got everything. everything. 
Yeah, you're right. I thought it was interesting, James. Like, um, I mean, you mentioned like how well he's done in this this contract year. I mean, we saw David Pasternak do the same thing. We've seen guys like in contract years, like wasn't Huberto? Wasn't that a no? It wasn't a contract year. They signed him a year out. Yes, because the, the Huberto contract oh, starts this year. Yeah. Yikes. Yes, so what I will, I know. Again, I know we got to take a break, but what I, I had a team, I had an executive with another team reach out and say, what makes Nylander's number and contract better than Huberdeau or Gaudreau is he's younger. Nylander's only 27 right now. He's going right. to be turned 28 in May. Yep. Huberdeau and Gaudreau and some other players are 30 plus. And it's a big difference if you're getting, if you're doing an eight-year deal and the first two years are still peak prime years, 28, 29, as opposed to if you're just paying for the 30s, those contracts are worse. You know what, James, let's take a break and then let's keep this discussion going and then we'll get to some questions a bit later after that. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, James, uh, let's continue the, the Neander discussion. Um, it was interesting, like just talking to him over the weekend in San Jose, like him mentioning that he started thinking about his contract last season, which I didn't really think because like he seems always so cool and unflappable is the word a lot of people used to describe him. But like he was thinking last season, if I have this amazing year, I'm going to be able to maybe get an extension done this summer and then good to go. And then obviously he slumps down the stretch no extension comes out of the gate this year doesn't think about it plays really well you know third in league scoring as we sit today it's impressive like the way he's been able to handle this what do you think like how real do you think this is like i don't think he's a 120 point player maybe again like if he gets there this year but i think he can be like 100 ish 40 ish goals the next four or five seasons like what do you think is is kind of realistic I'm so- this is exactly the question I wanted you to ask me. This is okay. perfect. Wow. So so that I to me, like the Gaudreau and Huberdeau contracts are really interesting because both of those guys, two years ago, when they were coming up for their Gaudreau was coming to UFA and and Huberdeau was coming up to where he could sign an extension. Both of those guys had I think they both had 115 point seasons, right? Yeah. Or they were or like, rate yeah. rate about that. Yep. They had their their career year, their breakout year, around the same age as Nylander, they they were twenty eight years old. Two years ago, they they put up. I, th- I think Gaudreau had one hundred and thirteen. You're correct, James. They were both tied for second in the league in scoring with 115. Okay, they both tied. So they had these monster years right at the right time, right when they're going into to negotiate their next deals. And you know what? You look at the underlyings for those years. And you look at on-ice shooting percentage, all situations, I looked it up, and they're both right at the top of the league. Yeah. And now for, pe- for people who don't um, follow some of the analytics, on-ice shooting percentage is the shooting percentage of every player on the ice when that player's on the ice, if that makes sense. So all their line mates, the defensemen, it's basically a measure of how frequently are pucks going in the net when they're on the ice. And this is a number that fluctuates year to year, and it's a number that greatly influences how many points players get it's so basically both, a luck stat in some ways y- yeah i mean if you're a really good player you can influence that like austin matthews on ice yeah. shooting percentage is going to be much better than yes i don't know david camps right because he can make but it's going to fluctuate year to year because there's just variations in like you know you're out there and the defenseman shoots a point shot and it tips off something and goes in if that happens more Yep. Anyway, you're right. Like a, a component of it is luck, and if you have a really high outlier on a shooting percentage, that 
the tendency is going to be that that's not going to continue. So both Huberdeau and Gaudreau had 14, high 14% on a shooting percentage in all situations, which is really high. Like they were both in the top five or six in the league among players that played regularly. And now that's come way down. I mean, Huberdeau's is way, way down. And you look at where he's at in Calgary and he's just, it's a, it's a complete disaster there. Yes. Our colleague Julian McKenzie wrote a great story about Huberto last week about just like how much of a mess it is. He can't score. He can't. He's, he's playing lost. 17 minutes a game. Like he, I mean, how long was his goal drought? It was like 14 games before he had. I feel bad for him. Like Huberto, he's a, he's a great person. He's a great player. He's just, he's like the Samsonov in like a player form. And he's got the $10.5 million contract. This is the first year of it. Yeah. And so- it's buyout proof. And they're not going to be able to trade that. And Calgary's struggling. He's there's just there's no answer there. They can't trade him, so he's just going to have to try and play his way out of it. But back to so anyway, back to Neil. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Keep me on the rails here. So I look at I look up Neilander, and I was like, okay. So we know what happened with Gaudreau. We know what happened with Huberdeau. They were like fourteen and a half percent or whatever. But when I looked at it before, this is before the San Jose game. Neilander was at like twelve point seven, twelve point eight on a shooting percentage, which is high. It's the highest he's ever had in his career. But it's not like way out of whack. Well, can I but stop that? Can I give him the previous few seasons? Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to yeah. 2019, 2020. 10.3, 10.98, 11.8, yep. 12.2, 12.9 this year. So it's hot, yep. to your point, it's higher, but it's not like a crazy, crazy outlier. Continue. Yep. So basically what that says is like, this is going to be a career year yep. for Nylander. This is, he's, he's, he's not going to be this every year, which I think, I think people know, like people know he's not going to be a 123 point player every year, but he's a bit high and it's going to come down. And if he comes down to 10%, I mean, you can work out the percentages, you get out your, get out your calculator tool and you can work it out. But so I asked uh, Dom Lecision, who's, who's kind of, who's our, one of our numbers gurus, I said what's Nylander's true talent number for points and my guess was is it like 85 to 90 and Dom says 95 so that kind of range is what the Leafs are getting they're getting that like I think they're getting like high 80s low 90s that that's what he actually is I don't think people should expect he's going to be third in league scoring every year no um but even like James like even if you look at his just individual shooting percentage right now it's at 12.8 Last year, 13.7. The year before that, 13.3. The year before that, 12.8. No, but, before that, 15.7. Yeah, but that that's why I'm not looking at his individual shooting right. percentage because that's not what's driving the 120 points because yeah. his goal total is not out of whack. Like You're the right. goal total he's on is... Yeah, it's like you know, a 40-ish. He, he can do that. Like yeah. he can do that every year mm-hmm. until the age-related decline kicks in in like three or four years. Yep. So the goals are totally reasonable. It's just that the on-ice shooting percentage is is high and it's driving his assist totals higher and that's driving his point totals higher. And this is going to be, I'd be very surprised. I mean, the, the other thing that we can say too is that looking at those numbers, he's probably not going to be able to keep this pace up the rest of the year. Like he's, there's going to be, he's going to slow down and people are going to say, oh, the contract is messing with him. And it's like, well, he's probably just not going to get yeah, as many assists. Like, I mean, even look last night in the San Jose game. Like, look at all the like, like Nylander, I think I think he picked up like a couple secondary assists where like at the puck he didn't have the puck. Well, I mean, the one he got on the Riley goal was great, but yeah, sometimes you, in the in the last few games, like he's been getting a lot of assists, and it's like it's the second pass, and you know, it's weird though, James. Like, if you look at like on ice shooting percentage five on five, it's like it's not it's, really I know. anything. It's just like normal. Um, but yeah, you're right. I, I would expect him to slow down a bit. I, that's I, here's, here's that's why I didn't look at that. I mean, I, I looked at all of this stuff, but it's like it's really the one, the all situations one, and like yeah, I think that that's like some of like the overtime points that he's had, yep. and like when the, when they've been six on five. So th- there's been like a bunch of extra points that he's picked up there that are probably not going to be. So I'm not saying that he's going to fall way off in the second half of the season but he's probably not going to finish with 123 points he's probably going to finish with i don't know 110 or something this year sure yeah um which would be like another 50 points over the last 40 games which is still pretty good well and i just think james with his skill level and the way he skates and like the way he takes care of himself like i don't think he's gonna like fall off a cliff until like i don't know the sixth year of the 
contract, seventh year of the contract. You know what I mean? When he's like mid thirties, I still think like he'll be like, he's not going to be worth this, but I think there are other layers to this that they had to consider. Um, like Mitch Marner in his future, like John Tavares and his cap figure coming off the books. You're going to like, you're kind of like, you're going to be losing that kind of player, like a star player soon. Like John Tavares is, you know, his production has slowed down again this year. So had a good year for a 33 year old, but you know, you're kind of boxed in where like, okay, you want to let him go. Like, how are you going to replace him? Like you're only, you know, he's 6.9 this year. It's not like you can go and find another player like that for, I guess you could spend more and get someone else, but like who he's even, if you look at who's available in free agency, it's not really like, I think like Steven Stamkos is going to be like 34, 35. He'll be available. I'd have to look at, I mean, right. Reinhardt's like the big, you yeah, know, it's like, he's, old, I think he's older than Neilander. Is he the same draft as Neilander? Um, I'd rather have Neilander. You know what I mean? Like you, you got to think of like what your team is going to be like, if you let him go, there's not a lot of like superstar offensive talent and available UFA this year. Like there's just, so yeah, there's a couple of things. And I, I think, I think the Marner factor is a big one too, because if, if they walk from Nylander, they have, they would have to keep Marner then like you can't yes. lose both of them back to back off seasons. I mean, you'd just be decimating your core. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think by getting Nylander done, Marner's still got the no movement clause, and but it does give them a little bit more flexibility, I guess, is the right. And it gives them a... The other thing it do, might do, too, is that let's say Nylander does have a 115, 120-point season, then Leafs can point to that and say to Marner, it's like, well, he got this number because he did that. Where's your 120-point season? Yeah, I mean, it would be that if he has 120 points, it'd be the second most that anybody in Leaf history has had. Only Gilmore had 127. I mean, and how much? Has, how, what's Marner's peak? What's he had? 99, right 99. last year, and he's yeah. probably not going to get that many this year. So, no. I mean, that's let, let's get to that because that is part of this conversation. I think we touched on it a little bit last week, but like, if I'm Neander and I'm his agent, I'm like, uh, he's played better than just about all those guys the last two years. He's been better in the playoffs. Like he's not, I, I think it's been overblown, like how great he's been in the playoffs. He's been better than those guys. He's not been amazing, but he's, he's scored more goals the last four playoffs than Matthew. Yeah. But let's hold up though, Jonas, like some of the like praise for Nealander, I think goes too far because he's not on their first line. He doesn't get the toughest matchups. You're right. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, and there's a he doesn't play as many that. minutes as those guys until recently. He's playing basically the same, like a little bit less still than both those guys. Like, yeah, he's, he's defensively. He's not in their world still. That's it. The Fair. people who are comparing Nylander to Pasternak, it's like Pasternak's on the first line, you know, yep. better defensive results, plays more minutes. Yeah, but like you, you know. could also pick and, and again apart, James. Like you could go back in past years and say, well, he played with Bergeron and Marchand, like, and now there's a reason for that. But yep. But anyway, continue. And and also like the other thing too is that Nylander's not the Leafs' best player. Like he's no. he's not. So can you pay someone who's not your best player eleven and a half? Anyway, like I said, like. I like Nylander, and I think the right number for him was not that far off of this, 10-5, 10-7. But you look at the comparables around the league, and it's hard to find another team paying a player like Nylander what the Leafs just paid him. Well, let me ask you this just before we close on this subject. Um, now, what do you think, like, if you were guesstimating a number for, for Marner? Let's, like, there are a lot of factors. Like, they might not... A, Mitch Marner might not want to send an extension on July 1. He might be preferred to play it out. I can see that happening. It's going to depend what happens in the plans, don't you think, Jonas? A like, thousand if, percent. That's the other part yeah. of this. The Leafs might look at, like, if Mitch Marner has another playoffs like he's had, A, they they don't necessarily have a choice about trading him. Like, he might decide he doesn't want to be here. Um, but if he has another playoffs like that, they might say, you know what? We don't want to sign an extension right now. We're good. We're good. We're going to wait. Um, but, like, if if you had to guess now, is it, like, are you, if you're Darren Ferris, are you saying we're starting at 11 and a half? Are you saying 12? I mean, I mean, he's I think the Leafs should, nine now. I think the Leafs should point to that Nylander contract and say, there it is. Yeah. Same there's, one. there's your contract. Yeah. Yeah. You I know. don't think that's, I mean, I guess the, the argument from Marner's side is, you know, he's played more minutes, gotten sulky votes, mm-hmm. has had, I mean, Marner's had how many 90 point seasons? Three, Three. He might get a fourth one this year. Yep. Um, 
Yeah. And then in, during the like the COVID shortened years, he put up big numbers too. I mean, Marner's put up more, a lot more big number seasons than the Nylander has. So that's what his camp would point to. So, but I think that that, I think from the Leafs perspective, they have to think that hopefully that Nylander contract has some sort of an anchoring effect to what Marner's going to want. I think the only other point we should make, James, is, is next season gets a little bit tricky. As it stands right now, the Leafs would have the number one, number five, number nine, or sorry, number eight, and number 11 highest cap hits in the league. Yep. that's that's And the cap is going up, so that's part of it. So, yeah. The cap's going up, what is it, 4.3 or something? Yeah. I mean, basically all of the money that Neilander, Neilander yeah. got. Yeah. yeah. But that's only like Tavares that after next season. But I mean, it is next season. It's going to be difficult. Even they're not, more top heavy than they were before. They're not screwed against the cap. Like they're yeah. like you look at their off season for for this coming summer, and it's it's very similar to what they had this past summer. You know, they go from paying their top four guys forty eight percent of the cap to fifty three, I think it is, or something. And there's a little bit more that's going to the top guys, but. Yeah, they're basically, gonna, yeah. they're going to have very similar decisions to make, and they can't do any more Klingberg and Reeves, and they I mean, can't pay can. three and a half million to a starting goalie who can't play. Yeah, you know they're and uh, and they're going to need their young players to continue to play well on their entry level deals, and they're going to have to squeeze Logren into a, a bridge deal. But I I see a way forward that's that's fine in the off season. The big wild card is if they lose in the first round of the playoffs and they don't look very impressive, what happens? Do they try and make more substantial changes? Well, you know what's going to be really important for them, James, is is Joseph Wall. If Joseph Wall is the real deal, that is a big fucking win for your cap because he makes seven sixty seven next year. And yeah, becomes a restricted free agent. I mean, he's real, and you can pay your goalies like nothing. And maybe you want to bring Jones back and like pay him what he's making now, and then your goalies are making a combined yeah less than two million. Yeah. That that gives you some flexibility, and you know there's other contract. Like Bertuzzi is going to be up, Domi's going to be up, Brody's going to be up. Yeah, you know that point. right there is what, thirteen that and a lot? half. Yeah, thirteen and a half million with those three guys. Samstown's going to be up another three and a half. That's seventeen million right there, and they're going to have to find some bargains, and they're going to have to find some bargains in a free agent class where there's not a lot of quality. Yep, and where all of those free agents and all of their agents are going to be saying, "Hey, the cap's going up. You got to pay more." Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and ideally you would have like a young player or two who can come up and help you. And I don't, I don't know that they know do, that they right? Do. Like, yeah, I I know we put out the call for questions, which we're going to get to here soon on the podcast. And a lot of people are saying, well, I guess Minton and Cowan have to make the team next year, right? Because they're going to need those entry level contracts. And it's like, I don't think they're ready. Yeah. All right, let's take a break and then let's get to those questions because uh, there's lots there. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All righty, James. Uh, question time. What you got? Question period. Uh, you will be not surprised to know that the very top question is, what is Mitch Marner going to want on his next contract? I mean, I, to be honest, I haven't looked at it that closely and for comparables and things like that, but it's. I don't feel like it's... There's only so many players that you can compare to. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't. It's not going to be that far off the Nylander comparables. It's going to be Huberdo. It's going to be Gaudreau. It's going to be Pasternak. It's going to be Panarin, and you know those those are the those are the players to watch for comparables. So I don't think there's that much room for Marner to ask for much more than the only thing is the cap could go up again another you know five percent, which would take them to ninety two, right? Uh, ninety. Yeah, yeah. I think it's around ninety two. Yeah. So you have to factor that in, and then you do cap percentage. So Nylander got 13.1% of the cap. Mm-hmm. If we say that Marner's going to get 13, I don't know, 2.5 or something, and the cap is 92, 
that's a 12.2 would be the cap hit. Yeah. So that might be, that might be ballpark for work. And, and that's just me off the top of my head. I haven't like looked at every single other contract. Well, I mean, he's not going to, he's not going to be able to get more than McDavid. Obviously the McDavid contract was signed in different time, uh, but like McDavid's at 12 and a half. You're not making, I don't think he's not going to approach the Matthews number, right? Like right, math, that's 13 you know. to five. You're right. So yeah, I think like 12, in the 12 ballpark is, is probably what it's at. I mean, but so much, like you said, is, is going to decide whether a, he wants to do it and whether B, they want to do it. Like if, if he has a great playoffs, they might just say, you know what, let's do it. 12, 12.2. I mean, the other thing is like, it's not like Mitch Marner has an easy agent to negotiate with either. Like Lewis gross is, was formidable in both the Neander negotiations. And obviously you remember what happened last time with Marner where he signs the deal like days into camp and it was like, oh boy, like this could drag out. And then they decided we don't want this to drag out again. We don't want Neil under 2.0. And they signed him to this contract. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I know fans get frustrated with just there being so much contract talk. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's you know, okay. I, I mean, should I not? Basically, all the questions we're getting are contract talk. So I guess yeah, we have no yeah. choice. If you don't like contract talk, maybe just don't. Maybe just skip this podcast. Uh, Andrew wants to know uh, once Tavares' deal comes off the books, what should his next contract look like? Um, Tavares will not be 35 yet when he signs his next contract, which is good because a 35 plus contract can be problematic in terms of it can be hard to. Barry, or if a if a player retires on a thirty five plus contract, in in some cases it 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 still stays on the books and stuff like that. Um, so he'll be thirty four. He'll be in a similar situation to kind of where Stamkos is going to be coming up this year. And I think the Stamkos one is going to be really interesting to watch. It's been a bit of a contentious process with Tampa getting that done. I think that it, I, if Tavares is willing, I think what the Leafs should do is go long term and bring the cap hit way down that's really what do. that's what i would do yeah like what are you talking long term he'll be 34 uh i would just give actually, him he'll like, be 35 at that point yeah because he'll turn 35 in september i would give him i would give him a seven or eight year deal and just to You're get the cap hit crazy He's yeah but you know what what you know what happens jonas if he retires you know what happens yeah, disappears, disappears. yeah you but front, why, load, you front oh, load the whole deal put James, most of the money in the first why, five or six years Sorry, why is he entitled to a, like what do you think he's entitled to on a short term deal? Like I'm just looking to me the comparable player ish would be something like Joe Pavelski and like Joe Pavelski's current contract like he's he's older than Tavares was but like uh in 2019 he signed a 3 year deal, 7 million dollar cap hit. After that expired, uh-huh. he signed a 1 year deal, 5 and a half million dollar cap hit. He's currently playing on a 1 year deal, 3 and a half million dollar cap hit. Now he's 39 now, so like I think somewhere in like a three-year deal, I don't know, six, six makes but sense. But let me let me he, entice like, you. Their, their leverage, James, is he he he's not going to want to go anywhere. He's the captain. He's like he's from yeah. here. He like he's set up to stay here. If he's you're, made a lot of money, I don't. know. If you're t- yeah, if you're Tavares and you're like you want to retire here and like change your legacy as a Leafs player, do a little bit of a hometown discount. And I think that the way you make it palatable is so you're saying give him what would you say six million for three years? Yeah, something like that. So you're saying eighteen million for three years. What if the Leafs tack on another five million and you make it like a six or a seven year deal? And then all of a sudden the cap hits like three and a half. And all of a sudden, whatever player he caliber hear, of player yeah. is at I just don't want it to, to be on like that commitment because like what if he just decides he wants to keep playing like he well you just you like, can send him to the minors or you can yeah, find a trade I mean don't, I don't give him a no move clause towards the end of the deal the the upside Jonas is the cap hit like if you're getting him for especially in those first few years if you're if he's still your second line center or he's still on your power play one when that deal starts and he's only making three and a half three point seven five it's gonna be a huge win for you. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be. I mean, we don't need to talk about second line center anymore, but I do not think he'll be a second line center at age 35. But anyway, we'll see. But it doesn't matter if he's a really good second line left winger and he's playing on your top power play unit and he's still putting up. Yeah, but I don't know what we there's still too much to to be determined. Like, what is he going to look like at that point? Like, we need to see a how next year plays out, um, like when he'll be 34. 
He'll be 35. He's never been like the quickest guy. He's, I mean, the one thing with Tavares that you can count That's on. That's why I like, don't want to give him the three year, six million a year deal or, you know, like. Well, then go less. Like, I mean, your leverage is like, where are you going to go? Are you going to go somewhere else? Like, you won't, like. I just think point, that like the, the fan base will probably look at Tavares differently if he, you know, he signs like a legacy contract to, to stay for the rest of his career for a like low a, enough number. Sign a Giordano type deal. I don't know. Well, he's too he's too young to sign a Giordano deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I maybe he could. Point. Maybe you maybe you do a four year deal and then you do a Giordano deal. But like, I don't expect him to leave twenty million dollars on the table. That's not what Giordano or Spezza did. They no, didn't have twenty million dollar offers coming to them. You're right, and I mean, if you look at like what, what Malkin signed for in Pittsburgh, it was like a was it a four year deal, six point something? Yeah, that that actually kind of feels right. He's around, but I'm just saying, like I, I would get creative with it, and because there's not very much downside to giving the extra years to me, and you can get that cap hit down. Yeah, I don't. I hear you. It's fair. He's probably going to end up on LTI or like. I just don't want. I don't want to do any of that nonsense if I don't have to. But but he's the kind of guy though. Like you look at how well Crosby is playing, and 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 in Pavelski, like I could see Tavares being a useful player at 39. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's not like Pavelski's like this amazing skater either, but he's like... Year one of his contract would be 35, 36, 37, 38, 39. So 39 would be the fifth year of a deal. Yeah, I so think maybe, the Malkin Maybe you want to go more than like six or seven years. Yeah, I don't... But he's not going to play those those final years anyway. Okay. All right. You got to get... You got to mix in some cap circumvention here if you want to <laughs> win. Uh, Dan says, I love the Nylander deal. Feels like it puts pressure on Marner to perform in the playoffs this year. If the Leafs don't go deep, doesn't this give Tree Living a chance to pivot off of the big four? It, in theory, it does, but like Marner has a no movement. That's why last yeah. summer was so, so, so crucial. Like, if you were going to make a decision, that was the time because like his, his no movement didn't kick in until July 1. And they decided, I mean, they created a situation where they had a new GM, there was all this chaos. Like, they weren't. I mean, they yeah. could have done something, but like they set themselves up where they couldn't do anything. And now, if it doesn't go well in the playoffs, like they're well, Marner of, would have to be amenable to it. Like you would, you would be at his mercy to say, "Yes, are you willing to waive?" And where would you be willing to go? Yes, I don't think but that's impossible. He, like I don't, I, I don't think that's like a zero percent chance if it doesn't go well. Yeah, but if he says no, I want to stay. You have no recourse. What yeah, are you gonna it's, do? it's the same thing with Tavares. Last, I'm gonna put him on the fourth line the next year or something. I, I mean, like, yeah. what are you gonna do? I guess you could just you could just let him walk for nothing. I mean, I guess that's that's like all you could do. Yeah, play out next year. The next two years. No, what do you mean next two years? Well, After he's this. right, 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 right. Yeah, just let just have him play out the final year. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. I was thinking of this year. And then he goes on like a crazy season and he has 130 points. And then anyway, but, but you know, to the, to what we talked about earlier and to what the, what uh, the question asker Dan is saying, like that's why getting Nylander in, in the door, even though it's, even though you capitulated too much on the negotiation that it's, it's important. Uh, James T good name. Good name. Uh, he says there's lots to talk about the cap crunch next year being a non-issue, but by the numbers, Willie and Austin will make an extra six million. The cap's only going up four and change. Uh, there's a lot of money coming off the books, but it feels like the Leafs are going to have more holes to fill than they did last offseason with two million less to do it. Not to mention, Lilgren needs a bump. I think it looks like if you if you pl- plug in all the numbers and work it out, it looks really really close to last year to me. Looks really well, close. You don't need to pay like Bertuzzi at five and a half is not really a discount. You don't need to pay him that. Uh, Brody at five, you can, that's coming off. You you don't need to pay Brody that if you decide to bring him back. Like there are ways like that they can just shave a lot of this off, right? Yeah, I think like if Brody will come back at like two point five or two point seven five. I mean, the lately Brody, you wonder if he's like even a he's not a top pair guy anymore. And like I no. think that if you sign him to a new deal he might be on your third pair. So you got to find a number that you're comfortable with on that. Well, and on that point, James, like I know it seems like there's like some talk out there that they should jump and extend some of these other guys. I don't think they should extend any of them right now. Well, I would extend them if they'll sign for like if Benoit and Jones want to sign for 
what they're making now, I would think about sure. it. Sure. That's the only thing I would do. You want well, like Benoit like, 775? Okay, we'll give you two years, 800. Like, other yeah. than that, like, I'm just not. Yeah. If Benoit wants two years at a million or whatever, I would be like, okay. Like, he's played well enough. But if you're him, why would you do that? Like, you look at the UFA class and defense men and look at how well he's played. Like, it makes no sense for him to do that. Yeah. And like Bertuzzi, so, Domi, I wouldn't sign. I wouldn't do any of that. I mean, if you're Benoit, you're like, look at the deal Labushkin got when he went to UFA. Like, <laughs> You know, like what did he get? Like two point seven or something? It's yeah. You know, there's there's guys that are third pair D that get a lot of money in free agency. All right, what do we got here? What do we got? We got about ten minutes, Jonas. You stay with me. You got it. Uh, Chris does not like the Neilander deal. He says, is it widely accepted that Leafs management is a joke around the league? No other team loses their contract negotiations this badly this often. Please note, negotiations is being used as a euphemism. It's interesting, like the these contracts. I think there's fatigue in the fan base that they saw the way that the last, especially the last Marner negotiation went, and just losing that, and then and then the landscape around the league. Other teams, no other team did that, right? Like it didn't. Remember when the Marner contract was signed and and the Matthews contract, the second contract, were signed, and people were like. This is going to change how stars are paid in the NHL. Then COVID happened. Cap didn't go up for four years. N- nothing changed except the Leafs paid their stars more than other teams did. Yeah, I mean that's that's sort of true. But like Kaprizov took like a five year deal. At like what did he get? Like nine? What did he get? I can't remember. What was Kaprizov's? I don't. I don't have that in front of me. But I can look it up. It's uh, but so Kaprizov a- had. Kaprizov signed after like one and a half seasons, right? Like they, right. They, there was no, there was no track record when he signed. So right. But negotiating. that's, yeah. But like, it, it's like along those lines. Yeah. It was nine, it was a $9 million cap hit five year deal. I think it was five years. I mean, it's just like in other markets, some guys have signed for less, like Kachuk signs for nine. I mean, and every and other market, Jonas, like, is there a market where guys didn't sign for less? I mean, Calgary. <laughs> yeah. Man, I just think some of the conditions are are unique. Like if they had, we talked about this before. Like if they had jumped on the extensions for for Matthews and Neander sooner, yeah, we wouldn't be talking about this. We wouldn't be saying, "Well, the Leaf guys got more," but they didn't. And then if you're in their position, like why would you? I mean, people will say, "Well, you want to win." Yeah, I also want money. Like if I if I can have more money, I'll have more money. And in some of those other places, like people point to Tampa, Tampa, they the state tax thing is different like they it's it's an yeah, advantage but the endorsement thing is different in canada and the other thing that's different you, in canada is you you're getting paid in, the you're, yeah, uh, yeah. i know no i don't i know exactly how much the guys are getting you, the, yeah. go ahead i do you told me they, zach Hyman was going to make a bajillion dollars in endorsement endorsements here and sign in toronto and he did not yeah but that that's because the leafs made a decision that they didn't want to sign the contract yeah, but you said I mean, anyway. That's spilt milk. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, he was going to make more in Toronto into endorsements than he would in Edmonton. That's for sure. Did you? See I mean, that the, the Hyman video? thing was very close to getting done. Um, what the heck was I going to say? I don't know. <laughs> what was the? You interrupted my train of thought with a Zach Hyman non sequitur that I wasn't expecting. Uh, just about the Leaf guys not taking less and like Tampa taking less and like blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, you know, like Marner's first two years in the NHL, he had 61 and 69 points. So if you're doing the Caprizov and you were negotiating off those first two seasons, there's no way he was going to get 11 million. And that's no, what I think he would, done. I think he would have got taken eight by eight is what I, I, I thought it was eight by nine, nine million a year. I think it was eight by eight, but anyway, same, same shit, same less than now, less than now. Yeah. And I, and I think honestly that I wonder if they could have signed Matthews, like right when they signed Tavares and maybe even done something exactly the same or, you know, right. But anyway, right. And then, and then, so they wait and then Marner has the 94 point season in his third year playing with Tavares. Yes. And then all of a sudden it's like, then he's got a case to get a lot more. All right, all right, all right. Uh, 
This is a good question. I don't know the answer to this. I don't know if you've looked at this. Nick says, how well does do the Leafs third and fourth line offensive numbers this year compare to previous seasons and compared to other teams around them in, in the division, the conference? That, that would, that'd be a good story, Jonas, actually to look at. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, as far as theirs goes, like their fourth line doesn't give them like anything offensively. Their third line is. People like, are just worried going into the playoffs again that the Leafs are going to be shut down and the, if the I, Stars have trouble scoring, they're not going to get enough from the third and the fourth line. Which, I don't like, think is, that's an unreasonable concern. I think it's well, I mean, just as concerning now as it was, Right? Like, who are you counting on in your bottom six to give you goals? They need Holmberg to do more of those one handed goals <laughs> in the playoffs. Just, just say, tell him to go do that again. You know, it's funny, James. Like, I did a, a short story on like what they had to trade, and he was one of the guys that came in there. And like, one, what I wrote in there is, I think he's an NHL player. And like, if I was another team and I was trading with the Leafs, that would be one of the guys I would try to get because I think he can play. And now I think like maybe the Leafs said to themselves, you know what? Why aren't we playing this guy? Like, and they well, you can playing. tell Keith likes them and thinks there's something there. He was good last year. Like, granted, like he was just their fourth line center, but he's like smart. He's, I mean, even offensively last year, I think he had like 13 points in like 30 odd games playing fourth line minutes. Like, there's something there. Like, I think he's useful. I don't know what he is. Well, he's, only, he's only 24. He's only been in North America for two years. You know, I I I would hang on to him and just yeah. keep playing him. The problem is, James. Like, he should be their fourth line center, except they have a fourth line center in camp, like who's making 2.4. Like ideally you and I have talked about this offline. Like ideally you're just paying Holmberg 800 K to be your fourth line center. And then you've taken that camp money and used it somewhere else. Ideally for a better third line. I wonder if he's tradable. I mean, the, the camp contract has not worked out very well at all. The only thing with that, James, is like at least I know if I'm Keith in a playoff series, like I can put him on the ice and trust him. Like that's, well, that's what they, Yeah. But That's like something. offensively, he's been just like a complete black hole. Yeah. Uh, Michael says, should the Leafs re-sign Jones and Benoit now and lock them up for next year? I mean, if eh, no, like I said, if they're coming on on a low number, then yeah. But I don't see why they would. You just need to I see don't, just see more. Like let the season play out. Those you don't need to rush to sign Simone Benoit. Why? Well, because you might get him at a better number than if he plays the whole year like this. Who is he? I don't know how good he is. Like this, like this has been like a tiny, teeny, tiny stretch. Know, but like, it's I the same know. thing with everything, Jonas. It's like there's like risk and reward, right? Like it's you know, if you wait too long, then he's going to have a case where he's like he knows he can get two million in free agency and you have no chance. Whereas right now, you could be like, hey, we'll extend you right now, you know, and I'm maybe just playing it out. I do like the way he plays, though. He's he is kind of what they need. Yeah, he's okay. He's like totally fine for sure. I mean, he's a good third pair guy. Um, Taylor wants to know why did Nylander's extension need to get done now? Is it even possible for him to get higher than this? Kind of touched on this a little bit. Um, and he says, do you think other contracts around the league will come higher than this or will the Leafs be paying more than the rest of the league like last time? I mean, I think you're going to see Elias Pettersson get a, put up a number that's bigger than Nylander, but Pettersson's a center. Um, Drysaddle. It's going to be interesting to see what Reinhardt gets. Reinhardt's having a monster, monster year in Florida. Uh, he might end up being the marquee UFA this year. Reinhardt can play center. He's good defensively, uh, but he just doesn't have the kind of marquee he doesn't have the same brand as like some of the other players. I I would, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what he gets. <laughs> here's, here's it. I like this one. Tim says, this question will sound like I'm an angry old man. I'm not angry. I'm just old. <laughs> he says in the press I've read and watched following the Matthews and Nylander signings, I haven't seen reporters ask them why they're not willing to take less. Uh, the fans I know wonder about this often. Why aren't the question? Why aren't the players asked this? I don't think you would get a very good answer to that question if you asked the players that. They yeah, would probably def- they would they would probably defer to their agents, right? I mean, be yeah, it'd be an interesting question to go to all of the players, and I don't know. You'd have to be you'd have to be careful the way you ask it. It's also, it's, it's, I, I get why it's a question. It's also like not totally a fair question. Like, because I want like money. I don't know. I want to be paid fairly. I don't know. Like there's lots of. Yeah, I think 
I think what like I think the thing for Nylanders is that he felt like he wasn't being paid like his his peers, despite being as good as them. That, yeah, that's what was. that's how he felt. Isn't that funny, James? Like how how that contract initially was like just a shitstorm. Like has any contract been discussed more than that one? And like the amount of vitriol, like that they overpaid, and like how could they give him this much? And obviously, like they took it right to the end. So clearly, they didn't want to pay him either. Like that, to the that degree that he was wanted. Fine on day one when it was signed, like right, was, and it was such a shitstorm. Anyway, well, Nylander's just like taken a lot of crap for a long time, and like all of the doubters and whatever. It's just Hyman the same way too. Like remember all the crap that people said about Hyman early in his career? Like look at what he's doing now. So. The agents are heavily involved, and they're saying to the guys, "Like you, you deserve this. Like you played well, you earned this. You should get what what you've earned." And I don't know that they're wrong. Indeed, James. All right, I think that's uh, we got to roll. Uh, one more for you. Roland wants to know: Is there any rumblings on deadline additions? Do you have a, have you changed your mind at all on where you think the uh, no. trade deadline shapes up? I mean, it still feels like it's going to be the Chris Tanev show, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just like, what are you paying for him? Can you get someone else? I don't know. Like, I don't know what you pay for. Do you pay a first-round pick for Chris Tanev? I don't... Maybe. I don't think they want to. So the question is, can they do it with something else? We have plenty of time to explore the the trade deadline. Uh, That's it. Uh, So I think we'll be back same day next week James the Leafs will be out west they play Edmonton Tuesday Calgary Chris Tanev on Thursday and then Vancouver on Saturday and then Seattle Sunday but lots to happen before then including maybe Anilia Samsonov start we'll see uh, yeah anything else you want to say that's it thanks for listening everyone